Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wilshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today's an exciting interview. I interview a friend of mine, Daniel Bauer, who is the host and creator of the Better Leader, Better Schools podcast. And he's also the author of a new book that just came out, Mastermind, Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader. A couple of years ago, I stumbled across Danny's work and I actually was interviewed on his podcast twice. Very special treat to have him on our podcast, The Schools of Excellence Show. In this interview with Danny, we talk about the secret behind limitless leadership impact. We also talk about some stats around how many school leaders actually have ongoing training coaches and mentors to support them through their leadership journey. We talk a lot about what professional development looks like, what are some of the challenges of being lonely and that concept of leadership at the top. We talk about isolation. Danny has a very interesting concept where he talks about inauthenticity, authenticity, isolation to belonging, missed opportunity to challenges. We talk so much about what stops leaders from evolving and how to really change the narrative around what our country values and what the educational world as a whole will continue to value in the next generation. This is a deep conversation where I asked Danny some really hard questions and we really unpack so much of what it takes to build and sustain a school of excellence. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. One of the things that are really interesting is when I first was searching in podcasts for school leadership and just in general, the concept of leadership, Daniel's podcast was one of the first things that rolled up on my iTunes. And this is going back, I want to say four years was when the first time I connected with you. And I was like, hey, you know, you have this podcast, Better Leaders, Better Schools. And we kind of started this relationship. And I was on Daniel's show a few times and I interviewed Daniel on uh, my YouTube channel. And so this is really exciting to be connecting here again, especially with an exciting milestone in your professional career with the launching of a book. So congratulations and welcome to the show, Danny. 
Yeah, Hani, thank you so much for having me. We have connected years ago. <laughs> Can you believe, like you blink your eyes and four years have disappeared, right? It's like unbelievable. And actually recently in September, BLBS, you know, we celebrated our six-year anniversary. The same type of thing. Like, I feel like I just am getting started, but mm. six years is actually nothing to sneeze at either. So anyway, it's been wonderful meeting amazing leaders like yourself, and it's an honor to be here with you on the show. Thanks. Yeah, we just celebrated episode 50. So we're in our very infancy stages here in the podcast. So I want to get started with, you know, I interview a lot of different people on a show and our podcast is Schools of Excellence. And the people that listen to the show, the people that tune in are really in the pursuit of excellence in all areas of their life, but particularly excellence in building incredible schools that is driven by people, that is driven by personal and self-leadership. And so I want to ask you, Danny, you know, what got you excited or more curious and intrigued with diving into this particular sector of education and school leadership? Yeah, you know, it was scratching my own itch, honestly, right? I don't know why you started the podcast, feel free to share. But (laughs) for me, I was missing out. But I've always been hungry. I've always been curious. I've always been a learner, you know? And what I found my lived experience in school leadership, and then in the district level gatherings, right? Like here was a leadership meeting, raise student achievement, and all this stuff is important, raise student achievement, increase attendance, decrease discipline, or you're fired, right? Like, wow, how uninspiring. And I was interested, like, how do we create a meaningful three-year vision that transfers ownership to the faculty that it's like all hands on deck? I don't know about you. I struggle with difficult conversations, honestly. So it takes a lot of work to prepare and actually be in the moment, be present, handle those effectively. And then there's things like, you know, dismantling oppressive system or inequitable systems that exist in school. I didn't know how to do that. And nobody was talking about it. So speaking to amazing people like you on the show, like helped me level up. And as a result, people started asking me what to do in certain situations. And that was a pivot. It was an opportunity Do I try to pursue this thing that I'm building at Better Leaders, Better Schools, which initially was a passion project for myself? Or do I try to scale it and serve more school leaders? Because I could always go back to school leadership, right? They need need principals, they need teachers. So anyways, I keep showing up. And like I said, you know, six years later, right? Yeah, it's so beautiful. So let's dive into your book. You know, anytime someone writes a book and really births it into the world, There's so much vulnerability that comes with taking your personal thoughts, your IP, just all the stuff that you have and putting it on paper and saying, here, you read this, right? And you're really putting yourself out there. So before we dive into the contents of the book and just all the gold that's in there, I'd love to just speak a little bit of what it means to be a new author and putting out into the world what you find really beautiful and and transformational for leaders. You know, it's two sides of the same coin. So part of it is like thrilling and, you know, you're excited and wow, what might the impact be? And then the other side is like so afraid that two people read it and of the two people that read it, they both think it sucks. (laughs) That's what it's like to put your heart out there. Here's the thing is like, I think something that separates leaders like you and me is we actually do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that sit on the sidelines or Brene Brown talks about being in the arena. 
So I would much rather have to manage those emotions and put myself out there than sit on the sidelines and not try to make a dent in school leadership. Well, I think this is such a perfect segment into what this book is about, you know, stepping into the arena and being a school leader is having Mm. those difficult conversations, is being afraid and still being brave at the exact same moment, right? That paradox. So the book is called Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader. And you talk a lot about limitless leadership impact. And I love this kind of, you know, alliteration when it comes to that. But Tell us your definition of what it means, limitless leadership impact. I like the why and the what if type of questions, you know, and what would need to be true for this X, this amazing thing to happen. Mm. And what I've learned so often is that we become, you know, as a the founder of a company or as a school leader, you're actually the greatest opportunity and the greatest bottleneck at the same time. And I, I love playing with these tensions, if you can't tell. Anyway, to me, it's about dreaming big and then trying to figure out what would need to be true for this amazing thing to happen. What I learned, you know, years ago, because the book, you know, is about this mastermind structure, which we both serve school leaders in. Mm -hmm. And it's a winning formula, right? Isolation is the number one enemy of excellence. And the quote that got me to join a mastermind, right? I didn't just facilitate them. I've been a part of one since 2015, the same one. I joined two others this year specifically. But the thing I want to say is Jim Rohn, motivational speaker, said you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That was a mirror moment. That basically mm-hmm. ruined my life, honestly. You're like, come you on, you're the best spend time with. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I remember, you know, writing down my dreams in a journal. like. Here's what I think is possible and showing it to my closest friends and even family at the time. They were like, it's not going to work, Danny. What? How demotivating. And I heard that quote and I said, okay, how do I surround myself with people who say, okay, what would need to be true for this amazing dream to happen? And that's what we do with school leaders, right? So we get the right people in the room, have these brave and courageous conversations, and then figure out how to make it a reality. I love the way you kind of always pull like the two sides to the same coin, right? We're creating this resistance or this rubber band. And what's beautiful about that is I think that's an important skill in leadership where we get comfortable with the ambiguity of each moment, right? Where it's not this cut and dry or crystal clear all the time. There's so much of like this and, and what if, and this or that, or this and that. And people want like, okay, here's step one, two, three, four, and then you'll get this result. But as you move into leadership, it's just not like that. It depends. It's contextual. So one of the things you dive into in the book is the big problems with professional development, problems with, you know, when leaders are seeking to go to a conference or go to a training or just start to, you know, fill their knowledge gaps. And one of the things which you just said, you know, isolation, right? People feel really isolated. They feel like they're all alone. It's lonely at the top. What are some of the other problems with the traditional professional development that exists out there for leaders? Right. That's a great question. And, you know, if you look at the lived experience, you know, I mentioned, here's a guy who wants to do more for a school community. And it wasn't like I was quiet about how I wanted to grow, but those opportunities didn't exist. So then you become two pets. Are you going to throw yourself a pity party for the school administrator that has it the worst in the world? 
or are you going to take ownership? I think most people throw the pity party, right? And then tell people about it. Yeah. Why do people choose that option? Because when you tell people how bad you got it and like, you know, people sympathize, maybe they feel good. I don't know. I think when you take ownership of your own development, you're also on the hook, especially when you're talking about things in public, you know, your goals, how you want to grow. That can be scary. So it's a lot easier to hide. It's a lot easier to throw sticks and stones at the system that's not developing you and blame that instead of taking radical ownership yourself. So I think that's some of it, you know. But the other thing I want to just share real, real quick is just like in my research, this is wild, but NAESP and the Learning Policy did this in 2020, right? They surveyed 407 elementary school principals, but just over a quarter had access to a coach and a mentor like us in the last two years, right? 32%, okay? And so if you think about your doctor, your dentist, any professional that is, right, charged with keeping you healthy, making you better. And you found out that, you know, they're not regularly getting coached or developed and that kind of thing. Would you still go to that medical professional? There's no way. But why do we enroll our kids into schools where three quarters of the school leaders don't do anything to develop themselves? That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I want to talk more about this. And I want to loop back for a second to what you said before on the hook, because Seth Godin talks about this so much. And I think Always, right? And one of the things that you said something that made me think about something you said is as kids, our school system trains us a lot to say, hey, is this going to be on the test? You know, do I need to know this for the test? Is this on the test? And what they're really saying is, am I on the hook for this information? Right. Or, you know, can I just let it slip under the thing because I don't need to know it for the test? And I think what's challenging a lot, specifically in school leadership, is we work through the traditional school system and then we go into being a teacher, administrator, or school leadership, but very rarely do we go out and get other training or other profession or whatever it is and realize, you know, sometimes we're learning because we just want to make ourselves better, not because it's on the test. And there's such Mm. a wiring that needs to happen when we enter school leadership that you're learning because it has an impact and a ripple effect on all parts of your life, not just because you're being tested on this or you're being scored on this. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of loop that in there. So Going into, you know, the profession and wanting to know that our doctors, our dentists are constantly getting training. You know, when we're looking at these research, when we're looking at these studies, how does the average person who's listening to this show, you know, a school leader in a small town, and they're like, I want to change the narrative. I want the narrative to be that school leaders get professional development and parents should be pursuing and saying, which coach do you have, right? I'm paying you $50,000 in a private school for my child to go to your school. What mm. is your training and development? How do we change the narrative for parents <laughs> to start asking these questions? You're a school leader who wants tools, resources, and just plain strategies of how to really lead your school and build a school of excellence. Well, I created something called the School Leadership Toolkit which has over 10 resources covering topics like parent-teacher relationships, difficult conversation, teacher appreciation ideas, and time management, along with to-do list management. Some of the things that you get in the School Leadership Toolkit is how to lead parent-teacher conferences. This is a masterclass training and to show your staff so that they can lead conferences with ease. We have a parent partnership blueprint, which is the step-by-step formula for authentic parent relationships. 
I have a training on how to get your to-do list done and how to create your calendar for one-on-one meetings with staff. I have tools on how to filter distractions so that you can make the best decisions and reflective questions to ask teachers for goal setting and performance reviews, along with so much more. This mini toolkit is actually just the thing that you need to kick off this amazing school year and give you the confidence and the ability to trust your decision making as you head into another amazing year. Go check it out, the link in the show notes or go to Hani.me slash toolkit. That's interesting. So how to change the narrative. Because that's not the narrative. Yeah. No, you're so true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that school leaders that sort of talk about their experience in public, you know, and Mm. I think that's helpful. I would write my weekly newsletter as a school principal, and I would share quotes, books I'm reading, things that I was learning and coaching experiences. And so I was very transparent in that way. And I would do other things that were unorthodox too, in the sense that I would send business articles out to the community. What does it have to do with the middle school that the kid's at? Well, I knew it was of service to the audience. It was in service to some of the business folks that were in the community. And so my point is not necessarily separating that personal and professional as much as you do, bringing people into your story because we're all characters, right? Like, what are your values? Who are your enemies? This kind of thing. As a school leader, people want to know that. And so telling your story of growth is important as well. That's so much, Danny. I'll just recap here real quickly. So every single school leader has some way that they're communicating with parents, whether that's a weekly Mm -hmm. or a monthly on your website, and just starting to add a small shift of, here's what I'm reading. Here's what I found interesting. Here's what's going on. That you never know who's reading that will say, hey, let me click on what, you know, Susan is reading right now. So what a powerful way to have an impact through such a small action. I love that, Danny. Thank you. Thanks. And I think part of the responsibility is ours too, right? So do we tell the story like a case study through the lens of the leaders we support, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we do that, more people that are just like them will join, you know? So back to Seth, like people like us do things like this. I think it's part of our responsibility to say like, this is what we're about, putting the flag right in the sand and attracting those leaders. And there'll be a ripple effect the more people like us doing the work. Well, I agree with that. And I also feel like, you know, I tell this to the leaders all the time in our masterminds, like get on television, get in the media. Like right now, the media story is sports, women, food, this, like that's what our society like values and Mm -hmm. puts on a pedestal. And it's like, what if education became more of a conversation? What if leadership became more of a conversation? And It takes a lot to shift the tide. You know, that's just look at any magazine, look at any time you open up the, it's always about those three things all the time. And Mm -hmm. so I tell the leaders, like you have a responsibility to pitch your local news station and tell a story so that the news article isn't just the political garbage and whatever you're seeing, but maybe there's someone who's thoughtful like you, who has something really intellectually stimulating to share. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So and take control of your narrative. Exactly. Like you be part of creating that. So anyways, just some ideas there. So let's go into something interesting that I saw here. You know, one of the excerpts in the book, which I found interesting. One of the questions you write here, what stops us from evolving? And you share a lot of different things here, but I just wanted to start with that one question, you know, from your perspective, what stops leaders from this ever evolving cycle of getting better? Yeah. 
you know, I think a lot of times there's those missed opportunities. I've shared a little bit of my leadership experience and, you know, I think that's enough there. There's also the fear, you know, what's interesting, like the more you learn in that kind of thing. And, and this is also a reason that one of four principals don't have a coach or a mentor because districts, they push this lie that you have a master's, you have a PhD, EDD or whatever. Like, don't you know it all already? You don't oh need any more support. Yes. And how bizarre. <laughs> what a, what a <laughs> weird idea. Like, you figured it all out. Now just go and do that. And you think about, too, like, your, this is generalization, but where does the teacher focus? You have the kids who are high performing. So it's like, okay, give them a little extra something to do. You have the kids in the middle, and they're super loyal, but they're not going to cause problems. And so they're just kind of like buzzing along. And then you focus on sort of like, you know, issues, right? Like kids that need more attention, you know, for whatever reason. And I think districts do the same thing to school leaders. So as a result, they miss out on a massive opportunity of taking that big middle chunk that is ripe for being excellent, right? And doing things with excellence, which is your thing, or taking those amazing leaders and putting them up even more. And so I think it's also, you know, just districts like just missing the opportunity and maybe it's a bandwidth thing, but then how do you partner with great organizations like us so that we can support those leaders that are being missed? So those are some of the things, you know, for me in terms of evolving, but yeah, a lot of it is, is that, that sort of that fear and then just blind spots too, right? Like people don't know if everybody in the district doesn't have a coach or a mentor and, you know just doing the same thing and that kind of deal. Like what's the real catalyst for you to want to grow, you know? So yeah, part of that's like popping the bubble. I think that's where the growth mindset comes in, right? Where so many of the people that are making the decisions are very stagnant and like, well, you know, you got your master's when you were 20, so you're 40, so you should know everything by now, right? Where when really <laughs> it's like, no, we're just getting started, you know? And there's yeah. so much to learn. And refine in our skill set and and really training to be a school leader is very much like training as an athlete. Like the greatest athletes don't just train once, they train every single day for hours every single day. And you know with coaches. With coaches, <laughs> right? They have physical coaches, they have mental game coaches, they have health coaches, they have doctors, they have all like Olympians, they have all of these different people who are so laser focused on every single part of their development. So they can score the goal so that they can make the race so that they can do all those things. Right. Because the stakes are so high. Mm. And again, this goes back to the conversation just a few minutes ago of changing the narrative. If the stakes are so high in education, also, how are we training the leaders who are in charge and responsible for the creation of the next generation of leaders? These two year olds are going to be running an office one day. They're going to take the seats in Congress and Senate. They're mm. going to be the leaders that make the policy and the change makers. What kind of minds are we developing? Is it one-sided? Are we helping them develop perspective-taking, ambiguity, sitting in comfortability, understanding how to have a dialogue with someone who has a different belief system, a different point of view, and not attacking them immediately, respectfully having dialogue? How do we raise children like that? Well, the leaders have to be like that. They need to be the ones that set that tone. So again, I'm preaching to the choir here, and that's why I love talking to you, because I'm so passionate about these conversations and really educating our leaders and understanding why this is so critical and why it's so important. So I have a couple more questions here for you. So one of the things you write here, you know, the three lines that explain it all. And I just, I loved it. I saw it. I was like, boom, this is awesome. So you write inauthenticity to authenticity, 
isolation to belonging, and then missed opportunity to a challenge. Tell me about this. So when I was drafting the book, the first draft had really great ideas, but it was very poorly organized. And my editor said, <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. editor basically said, the organization sucks, Danny, like you need to work on this. <laughs> and so honestly, this was an imposter syndrome moment mm. because my first book, I hired a book designer to package it and to make it feel and look and experience, you know, like a book. The editor took all my crazy ideas and put it together for me, right? Mm. So now that was my job. The editor is telling me, I said, no, this is yours. No, it's my job. So I tell this story because it's really important. It's a great leadership lesson in the sense that most leaders keep pushing through, right? They hit a challenge and they add more hours. They skip meals. They stop exercising. It's like work, 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 which is a terrible idea. So in order to write a better book, I stopped writing a book. I got into nature and I thought about why does the mastermind structure just really work? And so those three lines that explain it all, half of those ideas became the framework and then the organization for the book and why it now, you know, is organized well, I would say. But I call this the ABCs of powerful professional development. And in my view, when you integrate more authenticity more belonging, and more challenge into a PD experience, it leads to life and leadership transformation, right? And so, and that's what you get, right? That's basically three quarters of the book. How do you do that? How do you add authenticity? How do you add belonging? How do you support more challenge so that you see transformation within your culture? And the cool thing about that is not only can leaders do that for their staff, teachers could do it for their students, but then it becomes a lens that I think they should evaluate potential PD opportunities and say, whoa, wait a minute, where are the ABCs in this experience? And if it doesn't exist, is this really what's right for me? There's so much in what you just shared here. Let me think what I want to unpack here. So I think one of the things that you shared, you know, you said in order for me to write a book, I had to stop writing a book and go into nature. Right. Yep. So I want to take that down a little rabbit hole here for a minute. Sure, because sure. for the leaders that are listening, and I know, you know, so much of the audience is that we are so committed to excellence. And so a lot of that comes from, you know, pushing through, staying those longer hours, being the person that's maybe opening and closing, being the person that's having every single one-on-one -on -one and difficult conversation with all the staff, because you're the driver of so much that's going on. And you might not have a fully staffed team that can, you know, support you in kind of all the deliverables. But then one of the things that you shared is like, and then you have to stop, 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 just literally stop. Go into nature, get into that pool, go on, on the run, get those sneakers on, because that's what creates the beauty for what's on this side. So can you share even, and again, whatever you're comfortable sharing, because I know so many times when I go into nature and I really empty my brain and allow the beauty to come inside, I have so many amazing magical moments. Can you share one with us that when you stopped writing the book and really went into your own space? Tell me something that came out of that. Because I think so many times leaders are like, nah, it's not going to work for me. It's all whatever. Like I just need a power, power, power through. Sure. Well, I mean, honestly, that's how I got the idea for the BLBS podcast, right? Okay. And then the mastermind. These are all things when I was disconnected from work that the idea wow. came to me. Okay. And then same thing now that we're talking about the book. My editor was right. It was poorly organized. You know, I sure. threw out over 54,000 words, right? Like Ooh. they'll never see the light of day. 
That's a book in itself. The amount of facts that I've discarded, you see? So the thing about leadership or creating content, you know, it's of service to others. And so I really had to think deeply like, okay, this is really important. This is your moment. And how can you communicate this structure that really could have a ripple effect through the industry? Like you have to nail this. So what is the structure? And I just started thinking about a lot of books, you know, that I enjoy reading myself. One that we read in the mastermind recently is Kim Scott's Radical Candor. Well, there's a framework there, right? There's an X and Y axis. And one of them is uh, caring personally. And then the other part is challenging directly, you know, and that's her continuum. And when you do that, you're in radical candor and your feedback lands better. You have more productive conversations and that guides, you know, the whole text. And it helps people talk about the work too. Mm -hmm. So to me, you know, you may see the puppy. She's uh, laying down. I don't know if you can see it in the video. Poor Elva, she's sleeping. But anyways, (laughs) I grabbed my puppy. We're out in uh, Berry Park, which is five minutes from my house. And just started thinking, right? Like, what's the framework? And then also too, from like, you know, leaders, you have to get great at storytelling, you know, and thinking and imagery and metaphors and this kind of stuff. And so I hope this works. But it was very intentional. Okay, I serve school leaders. They were classroom teachers. We're all in the field of education. ABCs, one, two, three, like that's the foundation. So can I come up with a framework that's also like very relevant to our industry? And that's why I named it the ABCs of Powerful Professional Development. You know, we'll see if it works. Time will tell. But I had fun with it. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I think it's scary sometimes to pause, to slow down to invest in ourselves. You know, when we invest in a mastermind, when we invest in a coach, we're really betting on ourselves. It's very Mm -hmm. much like going into the casino sometimes and like, ooh, am I, you know, am I going to win? Am I not? And I think the mindset of going into a mastermind is knowing that I think there's a lot of faith that comes into it, like that leap of faith of like, I'm making the investment. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be on the calls. I'm going to do the homework. I'm going to do the exercises, you know, make friendship. I'm going to, you know, build relationships. And then what's supposed to happen will happen. The chips will fall where they need to if I'm doing what I need to do. I find that when we get so obsessed with the outcome goal, the mastermind doesn't do its job because Mm -hmm. you're too focused on this is the result that I need. Um, And Mm -hmm. masterminds don't work like that. You know, if this is the result you need, go buy that specific training or go get that widget or whatever it is, right? The mastermind is such a different concept. So I'd love to kind of close up by you sharing like how you see masterminds so differently from traditional professional development or a conference or, you know, just buying a product or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the metaphor of betting on yourself, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times I'll talk about like work that needs to get done, in order to keep your job and then work that really creates massive value in your organization, right? You think about poker, since we're talking about betting, right? When you're sitting there by the dealer, you just have to match, you have to match that bid, you know? And then the same thing goes around the table, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you're going to win the hand. It just means you get to play the round, right? So being in a mastermind is like not only matching the bid and playing the round, but it's also adding the strategy of you know, when to hold them, when to fold them, you know, the song, right? And how to win that game. And so that's awesome. And inputs versus outputs, we could do a whole 
10 hour <laughs> seminar <laughs> on that. Yeah, that is so good. That's like a very brilliant point. So I hope your yeah. audience wrote that down. Yeah. And you should bet on yourself because guess what? At the end of the day, that's really all you control. And so why is bet? If all you can control is yourself, and of course there's outcomes that you want to orchestrate and be intentional about, but at the end of the day, it's how you show up. It's your presence, you know, it's your energy, it's your work ethic, all that kind of stuff. Last thing, because your question was uh, like masterminds, how's it different than traditional PD? For us, you know, in addition to the ABCs, it's very fluid. It's very member driven. You know, yeah. you go to a conference, you go to a book or whatever, you're sort of being talked to, you know, or you know why you're there and you know what you hope to get. With the mastermind, there is some consistency in the structure. You build relationships with the people. But it's magic. I mean, every meeting is different, right? And just one real quick story, like Nick, who's a principal in Delaware, he told me he had to, like for him, the financial investment was not an obstacle, okay? He actually was worried about the time investment. Could I block out at least an hour for the meeting each week? Because he's a busy guy, father, you know, whatever, all these responsibilities. But what he told me is that the hour he spends in the community saves him hours on the back end because of the high-level discussions, the resources we share, the shift from reactive to proactive leadership. Like, oh, wait, you're dealing with that in your school? I had no idea that existed. And now I'm prepared. And there's not a day that goes by when he has a conversation. He's like, we talked about that in the mastermind. So it's personalized. It's relevant. It's powerful. I think one last thing, and then I want you to tell people where people can go to find out more information and get the book and, and all the things. Sure. When we talk about betting on ourselves and people have all kinds of hangups, like money, time, life, kids, you know, all the things that everyone has to deal with. I always ask people, and I ask myself the same questions. Like, you know, I joined an, uh, a specific female uh, businesswoman's mastermind recently, yeah. and there was a lot of requirements to be part of it. And It was for female with a specific revenue number. And you had to be a mom as well, because so much of the conversation is driven around Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, oh, should I join? Should I this? Should I that? And I think of betting on myself. I think if I don't believe that I deserve to bet on myself, why should anyone believe in me? Why should anyone trust me? And so for the school leader that's listening, why should any parent trust you with their child if you can't believe that you deserve to invest in yourself? And that you deserve to constantly pour into yourself as well. And what you learned when you were in high school and in college ain't going to cut it in this day and age. So just believe that you deserve that. Believe that you're enough. Believe that who you are right now is enough and you want to get better. And I just think listening to these conversations, just what Danny and I are doing right now and listening to Danny's podcast, which we'll talk about, those enrich your heart and mind like you can't imagine, right? It's those moments where crisis hits and you're like, I heard that on the podcast. I heard that in the mastermind. I read that in his book. I read that here. That's what makes those moments so much easier to navigate and create magical moments as well. So Danny, tell us where people can find your book, where people can find your podcast and just more about you for people that want some more Danny goodness. Thank you. The book's available everywhere you get a book. If you go to the Corwin website, and use okay. the code ruckus, right? Then you can get 20% off free shipping. We'll have if you go to my show notes as well for everyone who's listening. Yeah. Yeah, cool. 
And if you go to my website, uh, betterleadersbetterschools.com slash mastermind book, all one word, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of bonuses. Like some of those 57,000 words I cut, there's five excerpts, right, that I oh, release. Boy. There's a uh, simple opening activities checklist. There's a curated leadership uh, reading list, right, from all the books we read since 2016 in the mastermind and nice. uh, linked up uh, annotated bibliography. So you get that, you get autographed copies. There's all sorts of cool stuff that's only available on the website. So that's where I would point people toward. Awesome. And then we'll also have the link to Danny's podcast, Better Leaders, Better Schools, which is a great show. I listened to it myself. He's got some great insight and he interviews some really exceptional people. So definitely check that out as well. (laughs) Yeah. Danny, thank you so much for joining me here on Schools of Excellence. I want to close with what is your definition of excellence? Wow. That is a powerful question, honey. And uh, thank you for having me. Like, what an honor to join you on your show. Definition of excellence would be that you are living in alignment with who you are, who you've been created to be, your personal core values, and you're consistent, you know, that you do what you say you're going to do. It seems like a common sense sort of thing to share, but it's not common practice, right? And that's why many people don't have trust in their leaders. But if you're living in alignment, and people can sense that, they could feel it, and you do what you're going to say you can do, I mean, there's nothing you can't achieve. Thank you. Pleasure. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.